podcasters have been listening for free for too long. You owe us something. Well, okay. Listen, a lot of you have said, hey, guys, I'd be willing to subscribe and pay X per week or per month for the podcast. You know why we don't charge? Because we're stupid. Because we're stupid. But anyway, why don't you think about what would you be willing to pay per month for the Armstrong and Getty show? And then instead of giving it to us, give it to Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. Donate it and help our uh, our warriors who are in their time of greatest need. you got this organization that is all volunteers, and they do fabulous, beautiful, beautiful work helping our guys. So just go to armstrongandgetty.com to donate. It's that simple. Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. Would you like some nice ISIS fighters? Yeah, I can give them to you. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he. Armstrong and Getty. Live from the Studio C. <laughs> Senor. It is a dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. And today, halfway through the week, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. The United States Congress's Judiciary Committee, featuring such leading lights as that angry guy that uh, woman who yells him her and people will be tired of by the end of the week yeah well to the extent that i'm gonna pay any attention to it at all yeah um uh, so how's everybody doing you happy you good everybody good fantastic well i'm i'm taking powerful opioids so i'm okay that's right that's right you're the only one on the show who's doing fentanyl and morphine and whatever else you don't takes know the edge off baby yeah that's true i don't know that sean <laughs> Why don't you come over, Sean? We'll do something together. We'll just chill. I'm just making assumptions there. I can't stop giggling about it. I just heard the Elon Musk story. Are you up on the Elon Musk story? <laughs> there was more more submarine sodomy discussed than I was expecting. Yeah, I'd, yes. forgot, I'd forgotten when he called that guy a pedo. Right. Yeah. Who was trying to rescue all those kids who was trapped in the cave, and then that guy sued him and everything like that. We'll do that yeah. story in the news. I was just thinking about how much fun it would be to be a billionaire. You can really shoot your mouth off, because what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Well, sir, they could uh, absolutely win a uh, $10 million settlement with oh, you. Oh, gee. $10 million? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to work. Oh, my God, would I have lots to say if I were a billionaire. <laughs> I mean, unless you end up in jail, who freaking cares? Well, right. <laughs> as long as you land a punch where it's best deserved. Whack! Or amuse yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is clearly the goal with Elon Musk a lot of times, just amusing himself. Um, yeah, so there's another one of them there, uh, impeachment hearing thingies going on today. Today they've got scholars talking about uh, impeachment, so probably nothing uh, show-worthy unless they get into some parliamentary argument back and forth. So. Right. If if there's bitter sniping, we'll bring it to you. But in terms of the substance of the thing, it is completely phony. It is a dog and pony show so that the Democratic uh, Congress can say to the base, yes, we impeached him. What, he wanted us to. We did it. Okay. That's the only reason this continues, and everybody knows it. When's the next time we have Lon He on um, um, Hanson? Do we have him on this week? 
Uh, Friday, we should have him on Friday. Good, because I want to talk to some smart political strategist. I have not heard a good explanation for why the Democrats are not taking this to the mat. Subpoenaing John Bolton and letting it work its way through the courts all the way to the Supreme Court, I think the courts would make him talk. It might be, you know, June before it happens, but I don't understand why they're not doing this. Well, we can absolutely talk to Lon He about that because he, he'll certainly bring a perspective we don't have. But I think I have a pretty solid explanation of okay, that. Okay, let me hear it. Uh, right now? Sure, why not? I haven't heard a good reason why they aren't going all the way with this. Why not? If the whole point is damaging the president, uh, and, and, and then at least you have a puncher's chance. If you get Bolton out there, maybe he's got something to say that really damages the president. Yeah, the long and short of it is there are legitimate questions of executive privilege, pretty thorny ones. Uh, you're talking about the National Security Advisor, and in the case of Mick Mulvaney, the Chief of Staff, and uh, who's the other one they're so hot to trot to talk to? Uh, Rudy, perhaps. Oh, Remember? yeah, absolutely, Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. Right. But right, there are... he'd say something crazy? Oh, jeez. But there are legitimate questions. Oh, my God. Yeah. Everything's canceled. Everything. Hospitals are closed. Stop stop the bleeding yourself. Rudy's on TV. Giuliani is being grilled. Right, exactly. Um, The long and short of it is time. It would take months and months to work those questions of executive privilege through the courts. And at that point, we're well into next spring. So? Next summer, perhaps. my, My point is so? What's the pro? Who cares? We are at the point that people are looking up where their polling place is, and 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 the things completely lost momentum by this time. And the Democrats have accomplished absolutely zero in the Congress. They just they want this over. All they are doing is checking the box. I see what you're saying. There's a chance that maybe they would do more than check the box. Maybe they could get rid of Trump and ban him for life. But they just think it would be way too politically damaging to have this really weak show continue on all the way through next year as literally we're about to vote. Well, that's it just looks so stupid. If I were a Democrat, I would be uh, pushing for the full Monty, as some Democrats apparently are behind the scenes saying, hey, if we're going to do this, let's do this. But, you know, the the, 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 the Nancy didn't want to do it in the first place, so... They're doing the, the kind of half-assed version of impeachment, which has gotten them nothing. Well, Absolutely I, nothing. Your point is an excellent one. If you actually believe that Trump has committed high crimes and dis- misdemeanors and must be removed from office, the idea that, well, our blockbuster witnesses, it's going to take a while to compel them to, co- to testify. Never mind. I mean, well, right. that is a bizarre sure. uh, strategy, as a Brit, b- bizarre decision. As Britt Hume said on Fox yesterday, it lacks seriousness. If, yes. if, if Schiff is going to sit there with tears in his eyes, we're better than that. Slam the gavel about how awful that we've got a president who's actively. OK, well, then take this as far as you can in the courts to get this awful man out. If you're right. so teary eyed and afraid of this wannabe dictator, not eh, it would take a long time to get Giuliani on. So never mind. I mean, what yeah. the hell is that? Hey, Trump haters and, and uh, Democrats, they didn't even subpoena Bolton. Right. They didn't even ask. It's, I don't understand the strategy. Anyway. Yeah. Um, let's well, it's, it's getting it over with. That's the strategy, because they know they got a loser. Well, at this point, yeah, uh, apparently. Um, uh, let's uh, subpoena everyone on the show to speak for a moment. There's our board operator, <laughs> Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Uh, doing good. Uh, Christmas is three weeks from today, and it's a good thing I'm asking for black socks. I Today I'm wearing <laughs> a, a black sock with a hole around the toe. Oh, the other day there was a hole around the heel. Then there was oh. another sock with a hole on top. Yeah, so, I wore a pair of socks uh, a couple days ago with a hole in the heel, and I thought, well, what are you? What have you become? 
Yeah, but it, a hole with the toe, I can't do that. I can't. I can't make it through the day with that. That's people, a bad feeling. People tell me just throw them away when they get a hole in it, but I can't. I feel like that's a waste. I just I got to get every little bit out of it. You know. <laughs> wow. There's, there's a hole in both socks. I throw them away, but a, I got one perfectly good sock here. So right. Seriously, you guys, you got to learn to live a little bit. <laughs> this is the 21st century. We have like Asian slave labor producing cheap goods for us. Enjoy. I don't know if I own socks I've worn more than five times. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> wow. The other end of the spectrum, Mr. Rockefeller. <laughs> There's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Now, uh, we were mentioning how fun it might be to be a billionaire, all the things you could do with your money. For instance, if you were, say, a New York City former mayor, Michael Bloom, during the week of November the 23rd until December the 1st, he had two television advertisements that aired 19,006 times. The estimated cost of that screen time was $23.7 million, which is more than triple the amount of all the other Democratic candidates spent on ads combined during that time. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's an impressive experiment, and it will answer the question, can you buy an election? I think the answer will be no, you can't. No, indeed. He's an old dude, too. You get him from the right angle, he looks like your great-great-granddad. Well, yeah. <laughs> he's that age. Yeah, um, it's, it, he's, you know, I'd say he's wasting his money, but he's spending it on media, which I appreciate. So spend away, Michael. And he has got so much that it really is is nothing. We we had the breakdown. It'd be like the average family spending, what was it, 100 bucks or something. Yeah. So, yeah, he won't miss it. Um, there's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm doing very well. We have uh, celebrity birthdays today. First up, none other than rapper Sean Carter, a.k.a. Jay-Z, mm. hits 50. 50-year-old Jay-Z. Wow. Jay-Z's net worth, according to Forbes, is at least $1 billion. And his wife, Beyonce, $355 million. Jay-Z is 50. That's yeah. something. Is that yeah. what it was like when you guys, uh, when Paul McCartney hit 64 because he had that one song, you want him to see, right? <laughs> like that, that just hit me really strangely, the mm. fact that Jay-Z is 50. Yeah, I can believe yeah. that. And it is actor Jeff Bridges' birthday, a.k.a. I'm the dude. So that's what you call me, you know? Uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. <laughs> My love of that movie is almost embarrassing. How old it is? So large. <laughs> Dude turns 70. 70? Wow, and a couple his, of big round numbers today. And his net worth adds up to $70 million. Yeah. That's plenty. Yep. We gotta we gotta mention that throughout the show. Jay Z is fifty and the dude is seventy. Wow, those are those are milestone birthdays right yep. there. Time, man, time. It's yeah, uh, not much you can do about it. Relentless. White Russians keep you young. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this Wednesday, December fourth, trash day for me. The year 2019. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Oh boy. All right, let's begin the show officially now. Enough foolishness. Let's get started. According to FCC rules, regs at Mark. What she said, I think almost everybody agrees with, exactly right here. Impeachment is so divisive to the country that unless there's something so compelling and overwhelming and bipartisan, I do not think we should go down the path because it divides the country. March 11, 2019. Yeah, as I said uh, Monday, I think, Republicans are back on their front foot on impeachment. They, they, they are looking at the polls. They're smelling it. They understand they've got a good thing going. Nobody's even going with, well, he may have done something wrong, but it's not. No, people are just, just flat out 100% support yeah. now. And 
Yeah, it's it changed quickly. What are other headlines, Marshall? Well, the impeachment proceedings lurch ahead for a tutorial today from constitutional scholars. We've got sparring and gossip at the NATO summit and the comedic stylings of one Elon Musk. <laughs> How does Joe Getty rank mailbag? Oh, it's, it's quite nice. I want to point out that Kevin McCarthy was uh, quoting Nancy Pelosi there who had been making the case in March why, unless impeachment as well, as she said, bipartisan, overwhelming the rest of it, you don't do it. And so now they're throwing her quote back at her, which I think is well, a pretty good I'm strategy. Sh- I'm but- sure she believes that. I think yeah, she, she still believes it. I don't it. think yeah. she ever didn't believe it. She's, I'm sure she's leading the, no, we're not going to subpoena these guys. We're going to get this over with. I wonder, if she's, I wonder if she's dropped an I told you so on anybody at any point. Uh, anyway, yeah, mailbag's good. We have uh, freedom-loving quotes of the day from Andrew Johnson, continuing our impeachment theme. <laughs> awesome. On the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. It is Warrior Foundation Freedom Station Week, and we need to do an update here in a little bit and then uh, talk about that some throughout the morning and raise a bunch of money. We had a good day yesterday, so more on that later. Yes, indeed. Whoops, there we go. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for tuning in. A lot of good stuff to talk to today, right now, or talk about today. Mailbag. Freedom-loving quote of the day today from Andrew Johnson. He was the 17th president of the United States after old Dame Blinken. Ooh, that's a tough act to follow. Got oh, yeah. rubbed out. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it is a tough act to follow. One of the greatest presidents of all time. I heard recently there were some polar Republicans that rated Trump above Lincoln. <laughs> I think I think maybe we all need to keep calm here. Welcome to the trolling era. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so uh, here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. The goal to strive for is a poor government, but a rich people. Mm, I like that. Andrew Johnson said. And then apparently somebody criticized him for his spelling. And he said, and I quote, it's a damn poor mind that can only think of one way to spell a word. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's funny. Yeah. Now that's hilarious. Yeah, listen, uh, okay, moving along to the correspondence proper, nice note here from uh, Tom. Guys, watch the news tonight, and the city of San Francisco has decided the solution to people pooping on the sidewalks is to power wash it more often. The news broadcast failed to mention that the poop gets washed into the storm drains and out into the lovely bay. No one has suggested an obvious answer. Put 20 cops in the area and arrest every dumb A that takes a dump. Minimum sentence six months in a work farm where they can dig ditches from dawn to dusk. Want to guess how quickly this problem would disappear? Yeah, I know. The snowflakes wouldn't have the sense to take this approach. Well, that, Tom, and I just don't know how many people want to enlist to be poop cops. You know, <laughs> be the defecation patrol. I also think the emailer is overestimating our uh, our desire for more ditches. I don't know if we actually need that. <laughs> well, it depends. Uh, I'd love it, to bring back the uh, the chain gang or the the work farm or whatever. You you have to do manual labor as opposed to sit in a cell and watch television. Work you, out you, now oh, and again. Play would, basketball. You would uh, f- find ways to avoid that. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Of course, it would be humane in every way. Um, oh yeah, but, fine. Yeah. Yeah, I've I, done plenty of humane uh, manual labor. It's a grueling. 
Yeah, amen. Me too. So a little respectful dissent from MK here. So when Steve Kerr or Kaepernick spouts their opinion on uh, uh, blah, 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 you say you don't appreciate politics being injected into sports and entertainment. That's not what I'm here for. But when Gus Johnson, this is the the college football game I was talking about, we were talking about yesterday, uh, Ohio State player, uh, the, you know, I suppose we could just play the clip. I should have asked Sean to have it ready, but. You know, we got we got enough texts about that and everything like that. We should do a whole segment on that, I think. Okay, good. Uh, revisit that and uh, and and discuss because we got a bunch of texts on that same. Uh, I would love to. Yeah, great. Uh, but the announcer mentioned that his mom went to the doctor with the intention of aborting the baby, but then changed her mind and and re- has referred to him since as her miracle baby, and he's become a, a star football player and by all uh, estimates a really terrific human being. But so uh, anyway, Mike MK's point is. Um, uh, but when Gus Johnson, that's the announcer's name, interjects his opinion on abortion, you called it a beautiful moment. Perhaps your ideology is interfering with the consistency of your logic. Appreciate you, MK. Well, first of all, oh, and he signs off, KDTP keeps sunning that perineum. Um, <clears throat> so first of all, MK, I appreciate oh your, your respectful dissent. Not only is that welcome around here, it's actually kind of fun. What you're missing, though, is that Gus Johnson didn't interject his opinion. He gave a really interesting uh, bit of this kid's biography and just left it there and moved along to the next play. It's true. It happened. It's part of his family's lore, and it's a really interesting story. He didn't go on to make... uh, Our point was not many people would have the balls to include that obviously really interesting bit of this kid's biography because they'd be afraid of, well, wading into the uh, abortion minefield. I tell you what, if if uh, if Johnson had, you mentioned Kaepernick, um, if Johnson had mentioned that the young man had been uh, shot by a racist police officer and he missed his last two years of high school football and had to fight his way back, I think that would be perfectly appropriate to tell that story because it's true. It happened. It it wasn't bringing politics into sports without reason. Or, or I mean, n- nobody's getting beat down at football games. Colin Kaepernick was pr- was uh, um, protesting something happening in society at large. So, yeah, MK, with all due respect, you're you're just not right on this one. We got a text. Uh, where are we on the impeachometer? Remember, we had an impeachometer with an with an arrow on it, and how many Nixons are we at? Nixons are we at? Oh yeah, <laughs> one the, to ten Nixons was it? <laughs> we'll have to take a look at the impeachometer. Maybe we got yeah, Marshall. Me, Marshall. God, it's all dusty. <laughs> Let's do a quick update, just because we haven't mentioned it yet today. Uh, Warrior Foundation Freedom Station, we're raising lots of money. If you don't know what that is, we'll tell you more about it later. But I want to see where we are on our goal of reaching 500,000 500, by the end of the week. Where are we now? Drum roll, please. $144,058. Wow, that's our baseline today? Yeah. 144 grand? Wow. I'd like to wow. point out that's more than 100 grand more than it was 24 hours ago. Yes. Wow. That's yeah, incredible. and I can't wait to spread the word a little more today. It's just such a wonderful uh, outfit, charity, organization. Oh, my God. The work they do is just, it's God's work. And if you're a patriot, you can't wait to support these people. Trust us if you haven't heard much about it. Wow, we jumped a hundred grand in 24 hours. That's awesome. Love you people. Proud of you. We got $100 from Dirty Rotten Podcaster. <laughs> 
And that's the beautiful thing. You you can put your public name. Uh, you can make it anything you want. Yeah, we got a hundred bucks from Joel's old hip parts. Just a nice donation. <laughs> I was thinking, uh, uh, oh, a whale alert. That's right. We got a uh, early this morning. Patrick Grafton, a thousand dollars. Oh, thank you very much, Patrick. That's awesome. Thousand bucks. A whale. A whale spotted. That's it's that's a really nice uh like a beluga whale. Mm. Uh I would like to see a, 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 a maybe a humpback, maybe even a blue whale cuz I know y'all are out there. Wow. I know you people with millions and millions of dollars in the bank. It would it would mean nothing to you but patriotic pride to carve off 25 grand. I I want to see that happen. That's a big call out right there. You could save the life of one of our young fighting men who's teetering on the edge of, of going the wrong direction. You could actually save a life. Very cool. We'll tell you Come more on. about that later. Go to Armstrong and get it. Where will whales be at? <laughs> uh, let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Alice, Spotlight's going to be on the constitutional standard for impeachment when the House Judiciary Committee opens their hearings today. So because yeah. we haven't discussed that enough. Right. So we got three liberal scholars yes. who are going to say absolutely an impeachable offense. And then Jonathan Turley of CBS News and a, law, well, a legitimate law professor right. who happens to be a lifelong Democrat who's going to say, no, this isn't impeachable. Yeah, the four legal scholars will tutor the committee members on the high crimes and misdemeanor standards that the Constitution decrees as grounds for impeachment. So that's what's going to be going on today. I'm especially looking forward to hearing from Turley. Uh, You know, I'm not sure if he'll say, no, it's not impeachable. I haven't heard him talking on this a lot because, you know, it's impeachable if, if... the Congress and the Senate says it is, but he will, I'm sure, point out that this has enormous historical weight, and it, it should not be used lightly, and I, I think it really is. Well, I've got a quote from him, if you would like. Sure, yeah, fire away. Uh, his most recent quote on the very subject. Um, the framers expressly warned against lowering the impeachment standard to a mere discretionary option for any party that happens to control the Senate. All politicians are self-dealers who use their offices to advance themselves politically. That doesn't make their acts criminal or impeachable. That's what he's going to say today. High five. President Trump continues meeting with world leaders on day two of the NATO summit going on in London. Yesterday, President Trump and the president of France, Emmanuel Macron, held an acrimonious joint press conference. They got into it about the value of NATO and then a back and forth about the number of ISIS fighters actually coming from Europe. Your number one problem are not the foreign fighters. This is the ISIS fighters in the region. And you have more and more of the fighters due to the situation today. This is why he's a great politician, because that was one of the greatest non-answers I've ever heard. (laughs) And that's okay. And it continued with... Trump does not mind saying that sort of thing. (laughs) And it continued with Trump uh, needling Macron, asking him... Would you like some nice ISIS fighters? Yes. I can give them to you. You can, take, you can take everyone you want. <laughs> Let's be serious. Uh, the back and forth. Well, we are serious, Frenchy. We're completely serious. <laughs> They're your countrymen. You deal with them. Why are we paying to deal with them? Meanwhile, I got a video of a NATO reception. Just because you got a crappy, broke-down, semi-socialist French economy, and you can't afford it, that's not our problem, sir. Yeah, more on that after this. Meanwhile, we got a video of a NATO reception at Buckingham Palace and a hot mic appearing to catch three of the world leaders gossiping about President Trump. In the video, you got Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson, and the French President Macron. 
they're seen talking informally when Trump is brought up. It is very tough to hear, but Boris Johnson asked Trudeau, why were you why were you late? And Trudeau shoots back because he takes a 40-minute press conference off the top. Trump, or Trudeau rather, appearing to refer to Trump's lengthy impromptu talk with reporters after that Macron press conference and then arriving late for a meeting with Prince Charles and his wife Camilla. Video then skips to a later moment when Trudeau adds, you just watched his team's jaws drop to the floor. Yeah, so it was Trudeau Yes, was was, uh, bad-mouthing Trump. The question was addressed to Macron. Yes. And Trudeau jumps in. Okay, so you got both the effeminate, pretty little uh, 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 Canadian French leaders taking their shots. I'd say this is one of those divides. It's the conflict divisions. You're either this person or this person. If um, if you lean right, if you're a Republican, tend to go that direction. If you tend to lean left, you're horrified by other world leaders who aren't pleased with your president. If you're on the other side of things, I couldn't give a flying freaking blank. What the prime ministers of Canada and France think of my president. In fact, if they do like him, I probably think something's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I have no problem with it. I just think it's pathetic. (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) Who cares what the prime minister of Canada and France think behind closed doors? Elon Musk says he really didn't mean for people to take it literally when he called a British cave explorer a pedo guy. The CEO of SpaceX and Tesla testifying in a defamation suit filed by Vernon Unsworth, who helped rescue a dozen boys trapped in a Thai cave in 2018. At that time, Musk had a miniature submarine built to try and rescue the children, but it was never used. Unsworth said the submarine had no chance of uh, working and Musk could stick it where it hurts. Well, that made Musk angry, and he tweeted out calling Unsworth the pedo. Jeez, Which is a reasonable response. That's, uh, that's what you do when somebody Elon, insults you. Uh, take a deep breath. Uh, wait till hits send. I'm not sure that was the right comeback. Elon. Guy who's trying to save children who may die. The whole world is watching. Yes. Oh, you're a pedo because you don't like my submarine. <laughs> Elon testifying that Unsworth's comments were an unprovoked attack on a good-natured effort to help the kids. So he went ahead and insulted him back. Must say, well, right. Where, where did this Unsworth guy get off it? Saying your crap submarine couldn't rescue a rat out of a gutter. I mean, what? Just shut up and go rescue the kids. This is the best part of uh, Elon's defense right here. Uh, okay. Must saying, I knew he didn't literally mean to sodomize me with a submarine, just as I didn't literally mean he was a pedophile. That is hilarious. Exactly. So why are we in court? Can you two uh, numbskulls just shake hands and then walk away? So you got a choice. That's what Elon said. You got a choice. Either you take both of us seriously or neither of us seriously. Right. Either That's you, pretty reasonable defense. Either you think he wanted to shove a submarine up me. <laughs> or not. Yes. How about Elon just gives him a discount on a Tesla and we end it, you know? There you go. I put you toward the top of the list on that new right. truck. There you hey, go. did you ever have one of those submarines when you were a kid to play with in the bath? That oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Had like a, a tablet of of something that was like Alka-Seltzer or whatever. I can't remember oh, yeah. exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. what the function was, but it would make the submarine go up and down in the bath. I know? still do. I think. Uh, uh, <laughs> it was a fine toy. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think mine ran on baking soda. There you so go. You, get a yeah. you put yeah. baking soda yeah. to go down and I come think up. mine did too. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> You'd put baking soda or something like yeah. that in there, get all fizzy, and then the submarine would actually go down under yeah. the water in your bathtub and then come back up. It was yeah. such a great toy as a kid. Yeah. My yeah. kids would love that. How come they don't have that anymore? It causes cancer in California. It might swallow it. <laughs> exactly. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Just in, Rudy Giuliani defends White House. Oh, good. Rudy Giuliani's decided to speak oh, to some boy. of them. Oh, that'll, boy. That'll clear things up and make them less, <laughs> less hectic. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, boy. Too much. Too much. Too much everything. There's just too much everything. I'll tell you what I've been amazed by, and I do want to talk about it a little bit later, but in broad terms, but I've been amazed by the amount of coverage a 2% candidate dropping out of the race has gotten. How much do you need to dissect the failed campaign of a 2% candidate? To me, really not much. The overarching issue of whether or not it was racism that stopped Kamala Harris, I do want to talk about because the media's oh, gone the media's gone heavy with that angle and I, f- I find that pretty interesting. Yeah, well the the liberal media will say anything and they're saying some nutty crap, no it was, doubt. It was liberals that chose who got to be uh at the top of the field. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, she's a loser. Move on, although there's a lot of serious talk about her being somebody's veep choice. Wow. She checks a lot of uh, a lot of uh, boxes. She's got the stank of loser on her, doesn't she? A bit of it? Oof. I smell loser when she walks into the room. You know what I uh, don't have a real grasp of? I'd have to scan my uh, kind of mediocre memory. How often does the nominee reach back into the pool of losers for their Veep choice? It happens sometimes, right. I know. Right. Um, but I, I couldn't tell you how often. I mean, like Pence was just the governor of Indiana. Swing state, solid Republican, conservative, evangelical. He was just one of those he-will-be-helpful choices, but he wasn't one of the uh, the cast of characters up there on the stage last time around. Would you guess that's the most common path to the VP, is just kind of a random um, middle of the road or kind of a counterbalance to whatever the president is? Well, you usually try to get somebody that's going to counterbalance something to help you out, but Reagan sure. chose H.W. Bush, and they went at it pretty hard yeah. and huh. said some pretty yeah. rough things about each other, voodoo economics, etc., um uh, and uh, you know mended fences for whatever reason kennedy and johnson said horrifying things about right. each other in public and, and mentum and mentum right. and uh and he chose uh johnson because he knew he needed the south and would never get a vote without right. it right so. and it's a lot, a lot of times it's what regional strength yeah. can your uh, running mate bring yeah, yeah. Uh, sure and if there's a perception of you like uh, george w was perceived as being pretty young uh he he picked uh dick cheney an old hand in washington a steadying influence yeah. etc so but in that case not a rival who had said bad things about him right right yeah oh definitely not Ah, uh, so, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. There's so much crap that's said on cable news that it has never been true, is not true, and will never be true. And shouldn't be discussed, really. Right. Um, uh, I do want to talk about the race angle of it at some point, but not next. Where do we go next? Um, uh, uh, did you want to hit on the uh, the college football story we were talking about? Uh, maybe maybe we should play that for people who haven't heard it. It's pretty in- it's pretty interesting. Oh, I would agree, and, and the folks' comments on it, I'd yeah, love to absolutely. hear them. And we, we absolutely need to uh, remind slash inform people about Warrior Foundation Freedom Station in the next couple of minutes. Understand why it's just it's it's beyond a pleasure to support this organization. If you love this country and you understand the enormous sacrifices our fighting men and women make, you're going to love these people once we introduce them to you. 
Cool. All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Impeachment hearings about to kick off. It's just scholars talking about the Constitution. If uh, if something exciting happens that you need to hear, uh, we'll bring that to you um, in a, in a moment. I, there's a new documentary out about the food industry that uh, uh, alerted me to something I can't believe I wasn't aware of in wow. terms of, in terms of food studies. So stay tuned for that. Excellent. It is Warrior Look. Foundation Freedom Station Week, which we're very excited about. We're going to raise a lot of money. We're hoping for a half million dollars by close of business Friday. That's a pretty ambitious goal. Indeed, but I think we can get there with your help, folks, especially if you can give to the point that it's a little uncomfortable. Uh, give till it hurts, as the saying goes. But here's why you might want to do that. Warrior Foundation Freedom Station assists four main groups of warriors. The seriously injured returning home from war with immediate medical and emotional needs. And you know what? I should point out before we get any further. They're a four-star charity, according to all the ratings uh, groups. They are efficient with your money. They keep their overhead extremely low. They have lots of volunteers working. Nobody's making huge salaries. So just know that going in. So they help the seriously injured returning home from war with immediate medical and emotional needs, those suffering from post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injury, physical and occupational therapy patients who are recovering and or receiving medical care at military medical facilities, often for months and years, painful difficult, struggling rehab, and also transitioning warriors who are medically retiring and transitioning to civilian life, often while dealing with these things, and suddenly they're out of the military and they're not sure where to go or what to do or how to manage their lives. So that's what Warrior Foundation Freedom Station does. Um, they have transitional housing. That's what Freedom Station is. It's a fabulous little village for warriors to come together uh, and, and regain their strength and counsel each other and come to grips with what they need to before they launch out into life. And And Jack, I know you can attest to this. This all sounds wonderful in principle and it is but when you meet these guys these kid my god they're young people when you meet them and and you you get to know them and you get to know what great human beings they are and how they have just gotten beat up and now they've got to take on life as a young person and and the idea that we their countrymen are there for them at that moment is just a great feeling yeah, the idea that they get to hang out at Freedom Station with other people with similar experiences that they can talk to and try to get their life sorted out um, is just absolutely fantastic. And I can't believe that we have not had a process like this in the past. But luckily we do now, and we're trying to grow it with your help by donating at armstrongandgetty.com. Oh, is that a whale? Well, it's multiple whales. We got a couple out there on the horizon. We got Nicole do- uh, donating $1,000 and then another uh, A supporter donating another $1,000 to the cause. I must well, admit, I didn't know what that sound was when I first heard it. I thought, what the hell is going on here? There's, a whale sighting. There's whales about, Jack. So, listen, I, I love whales. I've gone on many, many whale-watching cruises. Uh, on the other hand, if you can only afford 10 20 bucks. 
Uh, things are really tight right now for you. And, and you give that thank you. That is generosity. That's fabulous. If this country and your liberty and, and our fighting men and women, the liberties they've secured for you have been really good to you and you're doing really well, you got a bunch of money in the bank. Hey, how about you carve out something for these heroes at the moment they need it the most and give as generously as you can at, at uh, armstrongandgetty.com. We got the big banner there. You'll find it. I see you, Eric, with donating $17.76. I see what you did there. That's very clever. Uh, including other clever donation names, we have Greta's Stolen Childhood, contributing $100. <laughs> you have stolen her childhood. Oh, that's my favorite so Beautiful. Far. Uh, well played, my friend. Reanimated Pig Heads with 25 bucks, And uh, The Real Avid Indoors Mom with 25 bucks, which I'm pretty sure is my actual mom donating. Oh, I'm going to I'm gonna have to text and find out that's about awesome. that. That's awesome. Oh, wow. Greta's, shout out to Sean's mom. Greta's Stolen Childhood. You have stolen my dreams, oh. my childhood. That's with your empty words. Oh, just, how boy. dare you? How dare you? <laughs> All right. So good stuff there. And we'll do a total later, and we're actually going to talk to somebody who's benefited from Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. I need to mention, yeah. uh, I guess next hour I'll get to the hottest toy in America. I was completely unaware of this. It makes me unhappy. As soon as my kids hear about it, they're going to want it. I don't want to buy it. It's also hard to find. It's sold out everywhere. Next hour I'll tell you about that. What, what is wrong with this as a nation? That this is the number one toy in America. <laughs> I don't even know what it is, but I'm, I guess I should be outraged. <laughs> All right. No, you'll be, you'll think it's great, but uh, I'm not happy about it. But um, I did come across this. I haven't actually watched the documentary, but there's a new documentary out about the food industry in which they talk about how the food industry has been putting out conflicting studies for decades on purpose to make people think studies are stupid and why pay attention to them so that any real studies that come out about how meat or fat or sugar or anything is bad for you, you'll be more likely to ignore it. And now that I've heard that, that seems so obviously true. Wow. Clearly, uh, that is what we've been mocking. this. Well, it makes you wonder, okay, what, do you got another coffee study, another whatever study? They've been putting these out on purpose to make us cynical about studies. Wow, that uh, that's so clever. I I, I really I kind of respect the genius of yeah, it. Yeah, and it even works. as it's clearly evil, and it, it absolutely worked. Wow! So that when an actual study comes out from a legitimate organization saying, "Look, no, eating this much sugar, we're taking in this much fat, or whatever, is horrible for you," and think, "Yeah, okay, another study, whatever." Well, I tell you what, the, the recognition that, uh, you know, it was a 60 minute story for me. But once you get that recognition that there are gigantic industries full of brilliant people who spend all day long thinking about how to get you to overeat makes you think really differently about corporate food. Yeah, no doubt about that. Armstrong and Getty.